Welcome to this episode of the Marriage Conversation. Today we are doing a deep dive into the specifics of a wife's role and responsibilities in marriage and how the Bible tells us that a woman can build her family up and just as quickly tear it down with her own hands. wives in this episode we are going to be talking about your role and your responsibility when we start hearing words like submission it kind of scares us but we're going to talk about why that is godly and that means honor and reverence and it is nothing to to be fearful of so let's go ahead and just open this up with scripture Um, we're going to be again in ephesians 5 and this is verse 22 And it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. So if you have missed some of this series so far, I want to encourage you to go back and listen because in episode number one, it really set the tone for the entire series. And our premise is this. We are building lives We're building our families. We're building our marriages to God's design. Rather than falling for the fake and the phony brochure of the world, we want to know God's blueprint. We want to build according to what God, the designer, the creator of families, the creator of marriage, what he says it should look like. So as Sadie was saying, submission is, is a very negative word in our culture, but it's not a negative word in the Bible. And what we want to do is understand what true submission is. The Bible doesn't say women submit to men. It says wives submit to your own husbands. You may be a wife and you're listening to this podcast. Listen, you may be a manager at your work. You may be a team leader where you work, you may be the CEO of a company. And what it says is, wives, submit to your own husbands. So this cultural barrier here, this super negative idea that women are just to cook and clean and women can't do this or that. No, 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 no. That's not at all. As a matter of fact, If you will pay very close attention to the culture in which the Bible was written, if you go back to the days of Christ, if you go back to post-Christ, to the Roman Empire days, you will see that the Bible liberates most women of that culture. Uh, Women were seen as second-class citizens. They had no rights. They had no voice. They had no say. And the Bible gives women place. The Bible gives women a voice. Look who came to the tomb of Jesus first. It was women. God has a very special and a very unique place in his heart for the role of women. God is our designer. And what the Bible says is meant to elevate. It is meant to inspire. It is meant to give great honor to the place of women in the roles of our family 
as well as society at large. So don't fall for this fake idea. Don't fall for this phoniness that women are looked down upon in the Bible. It's actually, if you're a true student of history and you're a true student of the Word of God, you will quickly see women are elevated by God's Word. Yeah, women are... I mean, we keep talking about how the marriage is represented in the Trinity. And I mean, Christ, he was submissive to, to God. Um, and submission here is understanding and supporting. And that's exactly what our role as wives are is to be, understanding and supporting. Absolutely. So submission is not a negative word. It is actually a role. It is a function under the sovereignty of God. And it's not meant to, to minimize or diminish women in any way whatsoever. It's meant to bring you into a right function of the home. And we're going to unpack all of this together. So I want to read you a verse from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1. It says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. Let's unpack that verse just a little bit. When it says the wise woman builds her house, when you are in your right role, you have the power to set the tone for your family, to set the tone for your marriage, um, to be an encourager, to be a helper. But it also says the foolish tears it down with her own hands and how how quickly we can tear our family apart with our words and our attitudes. Most wives have no idea the power that God has given them in the lives of their husbands as well as their children. So many wives overlook the fact that God has called them into a role of affirmation. God has called them into such a role of support that, wives, you have the power to frame your husband as a hero or as a failure. And I will tell you right now, I hope you hear this. The greatest need that your husband has is the need for you to believe in him. And I think if as wives, if you'll understand that God has given you this incredible, unique power to speak into the life of your husband, your words weigh more than any person in his life. Your words, you may not believe this, but your words have more weight than his mother's. Your words have more weight than his co-workers. Your words carry more weight than his boss or his pastor or his church family. Your words weigh more than any friend in his life. And if you will take Proverbs 14.1 to heart, that you have the power, you have the ability to build your husband up, or you have the ability to tear him down. The choice is yours. I remember one time we were going into um, a fast at the church, and um, we were thinking of things that we were we were going to give up. And um, the whole point of a fast is giving up things that you enjoy um, for the Lord. And then I, Satan had whispered into Chad's heart that he had nothing to give up that he enjoyed because he had lost everything when he went blind. And I just reminded him, we were standing in our kitchen, like everything you do is in the Lord. 
when you use your phone, you're listening to the Bible, you're listening to sermons, you're listening to podcasts. And I remembered it, I reminded him that his joy came from the Lord, and Satan couldn't rob him of that. So I had I had an opportunity to see where Satan was tearing him down to to build him back up. Absolutely. And that's what we as men need from our wives. We need affirmation. The greatest responsibility that God has given a wife is to support, encourage, affirm her husband. And when a wife gives that to her husband, then that's going to make it far easier for a, a husband to love his wife in the sacrificial way that Jesus loves his church. So again, we're talking as we go through through this podcast series, we're talking about this is how the roles, yes, they're different, but they complement each other so wonderfully. This is why God has designed us so differently. You know, I often ask wives in my counseling office, as we do so much marriage counseling, I'll often ask a wife, do you understand what the greatest need of your husband is? Now, normally it gets a bit of a laugh, and almost every wife that I have ever asked that question to, they all say sex. Believe it or not, that's not true. The Bible tells us what the greatest need of a husband is. And see, here's the amazing thing. The greatest need of a husband is the greatest strength of a wife. What a husband needs more than anything is what the Bible calls respect. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. It says that husbands ought to love their wives as Christ loves the church. And wives, see to it that you respect your husbands. The greatest need of a man is respect. And see, when a wife is in the right role, when she's functioning the way that God has designed her, she's going to give her husband the greatest need that he has, and that's respect. And the husband is going to give the wife the greatest need that she has, which is security, nourishment, love. It's the way that God's designed us. So this biblical this biblical thing that you just read here, when it says husband loves his wife as he loves himself, I mean, you do that so well. You love me so well. You're good to me. You're a good dad. You're a good husband. You're a good provider. So it, you make it easy for me to be a good wife. You make it easy for me to respect you and to submit to you. What about a woman and a wife who has a has a terrible marriage and a, an abusive relationship and an, a, and a bad husband? Sure. Well, before we answer that, let me just throw one thing into this because this is this is another big issue in the counseling office. Many wives will tell me, "My husband is a narcissist." You don't know how many wives have told me that how narcissistic that their husbands are. Now, wives, hear my heart, okay? Uh, there is no doubt there are many cases that are very serious, and that's the case. But, but let me show you what Scripture says here. The Bible does not tell women to love their husbands as they love themselves. Isn't that interesting? That phrase is reserved for the husband. The Bible commands the man, love your wife as you love yourself. Wives, do you know why? Because men are narcissistic. 
men love themselves. Let me tell you, if you are married to a selfish man, <laughs> well, guess what? That's the way men are wired. And that's why the Bible, I'm not excusing it. Don't understand. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. But it's important for wives to understand all men are selfish. All men tend to be narcissistic. And that's why the Bible commands men, love your wife as yourself. So don't be so disappointed in your husband. Don't be so upset with him when you see that he favors himself over you or the children. Gently remind him that God wants him to be the man that God wants him to be, and you want him to be the man that God wants him to be, and help get him there. I love that word, Chad, gently. That is such an important word, and I just want to reinforce that for a second. So Sadie touched on, yeah, exactly. Sadie touched on that scripture in Proverbs about the wife having the ability to tear the house down and to build it up. And she said that comes through attitude and how you carry yourself. And it's so important that you approach your husband. I'm speaking to wives as a husband. When my wife, when she approaches me gently, I know she's serious. I know it's it's authentic and it's from the heart. But, I mean, I'll be honest. When she approaches me and she's emotional and frustrated, I almost tune her out. And it's not intentional. I don't do it intentionally. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But there's just such a difference in that approach. So so exactly what Pastor Chad said. Approach your husband when something matters. <laughs> be gentle. That's right. So you're touching on another thing that we come that always comes up in the counseling office. Wives... Again, I want you to hear my pastoral heart, okay? Wives, you cannot speak to your husband like they're your children. Absolutely. You can even, even if you have a valid statement, well, if he's going to act like a child, then I'm going to treat him like a child. That may, I mean, you may be, you may have great ground to stand on. Your husband may be very childish, and this is what Scripture says to men. When I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child, but when I became a man, 1 Corinthians 13, I put away childish things. Men need to hear that. But, but hear me, wives. You're not going to get anywhere. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot. You're going to shoot your marriage in the foot. If you speak to your husband in a tone that he's one of the children, you absolutely cannot do that. So let's hear from Sadie on this. I, I want to know, as a wife and as a mom, is that something that you've struggled with, is understanding the gentle part of that and, and being able to approach Chad in that manner? Yeah, I mean, I will... <laughs> I, I don't really... I tried not to give my husband commands. I try to give him suggestions. Um, and again, it's all about how you uh, how you approach the subject and the topic. Um I, I give my kids a chore list. Of course, I'm not going to give that to my husband, but because he loves me and he loves our family, he's going to to help around the house, and he's going to. It's going to be it's going to be a partnership between the two of us to to raise our family and where I don't have to raise him. So, talk to me about like the the. So you're a mother of four, right? So you're in mom mode so much. How hard is it to intentionally go from mom mode to wife mode? and to treat Chad like a husband and not like a child? Because I submit to him and I respect him. Um, but again, he makes it easy for me to do that. Um, he doesn't... 
other than not throwing his underwear in the hamper, I mean, he does pretty good. (laughs) And at that point, I just become a servant and I pick them up without eye rolls and huffing and I put them in the laundry basket. (laughs) Well, Sadie, Sadie does an amazing job in front of our kids like that. I mean, she... Uh, I mean, to your credit, Sadie, you you really you knock it out of the park. And seeing that our children respect us and respect me as the husband, I think Ruth Graham did an amazing job with her children. Ruth, uh, Ruth raised their five children to love their dad, even though their dad wasn't there. Uh, years later in life, you know, Billy Billy regretted so deeply that he wasn't there for his family and. Billy actually said one time, he said, my children love me because their mother taught them to. What a profound statement. So again, wives, um, hear, hear my heart. Proverbs 14.1, you have the power, you have the ability to tear your house down or you can build it up. God has given you that powerful ability. I hope that you really ponder these things. Um, Be careful how you talk to your husband because the greatest need he has is respect. And if you will give that to him, boy, the marriage is going to be very, very rich, very biblical, very godly. And as we, in the next episode, talk about husbands and our responsibility to our wives, what our role is and what our part is to our wife, well, I think we're going to see how the strength is in these great combinations. All right, you kind of got off track. I asked you what a (laughs) wife does if she is in a not great relationship, Mm. if she is in an abusive relationship. Well, uh, so, well, so, okay. (laughs) That's a loaded question there. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to get out of the relationship. You need to seek help. You need to seek. Uh, you need to seek help immediately. But let, but let's say that you're in just you know your husband's not a godly man, has no interest in being a godly man. How do you submit to that? How do you follow that lead? Well, biblically, you are to submit to your husband whether he's a believer or he's not. So I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, let's say that your heart is to tithe to your church, but your husband doesn't want you to tithe. Biblically, what does God expect from you? Well, he expects you to be in unity with your husband. If he doesn't want you to tithe to a church, then you don't tithe. Um, I think as long as what your husband is asking you does not violate scripture, does not uh, sin in any way, then you're to follow that lead, whether he's a believer or not. And, uh, and, 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 and to the wife of someone who's not married to a spiritual person, listen, don't ever discount, don't ever undervalue how powerful and how strong your prayers are. You continue to pray for your husband. Now, you may be in a place where you want to affirm him and honor him, but, but he's not a spiritual person. Let me tell you, let me remind you, let me remind you, your affirmations, your prayers, your submissiveness, your respect, your love, and your honor to that unsaved spouse, oh, you'll never... Uh, 
I just don't even think you can calculate how far it's going. And you say, Chad, I don't see any result of it. I haven't seen results in years. I don't think he's ever going to change. No, no, no. You don't give up hope. You keep affirming. You keep encouraging. You keep on praying. And I'm telling you, God's going to work on your behalf. Don't grow discouraged. Don't give up. You do exactly as the Bible instructs you to do. And God's going to honor it. God's going to honor your prayers. And God's going to honor your actions. Let, let me share this one quick story. I was reading uh, not long ago in an amazing book called The Kneeling Christian. It's a classic from the early 1900s. And someone was telling a story, and it encouraged me so much. A wife had prayed for decades for her husband. His heart was so hardened unto the Lord. And one day, she was at a prayer meeting at her church. Now, mind you, this is in the late 1800s, early 1900s. They're in a prayer meeting. And all of a sudden, someone stands up and says, so-and-so is on my heart, and it was her husband, and he said, I think we need to pray now for her husband. Well, the church began to intercede powerfully. Unbeknown to all of them, her husband arrived to the church early to pick her up from church and to escort her home. Well, he didn't know who they were praying for, but he heard the prayers of God's people. Well, on the way home, he made comment to her. He said, who was the church praying for? And she just smiled, and she said, the church was praying for a man who was lost. And that's all she said. Then later that night, she cooked dinner for the family. And at the dinner table, the lost husband asked his wife, who was the man they were praying for? And she smiled, and she said, a husband in our congregation, a wife whose husband's not saved. We were praying for him. And she went on about her business. They went to bed that night. And in the middle of the night, he raised up out of bed, woke his wife up, and he said, it was me, wasn't it? The church was praying for me. And God's conviction had fallen upon this man. And his wife led him to the Lord that night after decades of praying for him. Isn't that remarkable? Your prayers are not a waste. Your submission is not a waste. Your respect and your affirmation, you are not wasting your time. What you're doing is you are sowing seeds of righteousness. And wife, you're going to have a harvest of righteousness out of the seeds you're sowing right now. Mm, that's good. It's really good. Um, so I, I kind of want to go back a little bit um, about setting the tone and uh i chad didn't come from a blended family and of course our family isn't blended but i came from a blended family and um i remember when my mom married my stepdad i had a lot of influences in my life that would speak negatively of my stepdad and um it just kind of gave me an impression of him and i want to i want to talk about how important um those words are and um, those attitudes, um, you know, I had I had this view of my stepdad that was completely wrong because, you know, back in our first first couple episodes, we talked about well, how we put Christ as the center and we um, we leave our family's opinions behind. But 
these opinions had crept in and um, now I viewed my stepdad differently. And um, I just wanted to talk a minute uh, to, to blended families about how important it is to, to talk about your spouse in a positive way in front of your kids and, and talk about the other parent and the other step parent positively in front of your kids and um, just how far that goes. So important. And, you know, obviously there are untold amounts of blended families listening to this right now. So many families today are blended families. Let me just remind you, Jesus came from a blended family. Joseph was not his biological father. I think Jesus knows and he understands very well what blended families are all about. And God has the grace for your blended family. Yeah, there's some extra challenges. Yeah, there's some extra things to think through and to be careful of. But listen, God will have every bit as much grace over your blended family as he does a traditional family. So exactly what Sadie's saying, be aware, be conscious of how you're talking in front of your kids. Be, be careful that you are honoring. I'm not asking if they deserve it or not. Don't misunderstand. I'm not asking, does the other parent, does the other spouse of your ex or their family, <laughs> whatever, I'm not asking, do they deserve it? I'm asking, are you being biblical in the way you talk about them and the way you treat them, especially in front of your children? That matters just as much as the way you talk or uh, uh, respect your current spouse. Mama always said, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Isn't that in second matter of fact? It is. Verse five. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, wives, we hope that this encourages you. Um, we hope that you take so much truth from this. Uh, as we look into the next episode, we're going to be speaking directly to, to men, to husbands. We're going to talk about what your role is, what your responsibilities are, the weight that you carry for your family, and how God will not only institute these things for you, not only are they in Scripture, but He's going to help you in this because that is how important a man's role just just as important as the wife's role the man's role is just as important in a marriage and we're so excited to get into that with you and we'll see you then